Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Good People episode 44. Today, I will be joined by me. In today's episode, I will be doing a full comprehensive step-by-step guide for how to get in shape and stay in shape. If you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please consider giving the show a rating. It really does help us out a ton. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking part in this immersive listening experience. A meaningful existence is a moving target that no matter how close, will always be out of reach. We hope this message finds you with an outstretched hand. As we attempt to uncover complex truths, remember, life's toughest questions can be answered if we all just focus on one thing. Being good people. I feel like on this show, I've talked to a lot of people about fitness, health, wellness, athletes on mindset. And as a fitness professional, I've just never sat down and put together something that is complete. And that's what I'd like to do with this episode. One of the other main reasons why is I understand that as somebody who loves exercise and fitness, uh, most people aren't really like that. And a lot of people hate exercising but they know it is important for their health. And I think that my approach and some of the things that I'm gonna talk about today will address that in a reasonable way. And if you are one of those people that hates to exercise, hopefully this helps. <clears throat> through, again, through the years of, of, of coaching people and, and recognizing some of the issues that people face, I've broken it down uh, into three main things that I'll get into in a second. Um, but again, hopefully it's just kept super simple for you guys to understand. And then lastly, the other reason is that the average American adult is overweight, divorced, and doesn't have $1,000 in the bank account. And I think if that you asked most people, they would prefer not to be overweight. People would prefer to be happier and people would prefer to, um, have more financial success or just in general feel better about their own personal achievements, accomplishments, lives, etc. And so I think it's important to address that when it comes to what I'm going to talk about today, if you want to improve your health, you are not really a unicorn. There's a lot of people that want to improve their health and there's a lot of people that struggle with it. And so right off of the bat, I would say try to find other people that are trying to work on this and surround yourself with them. And you and them can help each other out and accomplish this thing together. And I think it's, in general, uh, an admirable thing to want to improve yourself. So with that being said, the three things I'm going to talk about today, uh, it's nothing like supplements. It's nothing like morning routine, sleep hacks, whatever. Uh, The three main things that will improve your health and get you like 95% of the way, way there and I I talked about this with Susan Niebergall in one of my recent episodes, are number one is daily movement, number two is nutrition, and number three is strength training. We are going to go through each one of those three things one at a time. I'll talk about what they are, the importance of them, strategies and tips to implement them in your life, uh, and give you various examples of things that you could do to improve them. So the first one is daily movement. Uh, this is the starting point. If you are overweight, want to work on your health, you don't have any systems in place, this is where you should start. It's 
figuring out how to move your body on a daily basis in some reasonable and meaningful way. Uh, it's no secret that as a society, we're becoming more sedentary. And so it's very important that you incorporate this in some aspect into your life. We as human beings are supposed to move our bodies. Um, you know, you're not meant to sit down all day. And so this is going to look completely different for every single person. Uh, I love to go on walks. I'm very fortunate that as a coach, I'm on my feet walking around the gym, helping people, moving weights, et cetera. And so I don't really have to think about this a ton. Um, it could very, very well be going out for a walk, or it could be doing like 20 air squats and 10 push-ups every three hours every day or something. It doesn't really matter. It's just whatever works. The daily movement is the thing that people will be like, oh, this person's crazy because you'll be like in the corner doing burpees or something. <laughs> uh, but again, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You literally have to just move your body. As far as recommendations go, um, the step number is easy to look at. Daily steps, usually somewhere between seven to 10,000 per day is a really great starting point. But I am somebody who hates wearables. I hate tracking things in that regard. I don't wear an Apple watch or a smartwatch. I just wear um, a Casio G-Shock solar panel. I have no idea how many steps I take per day. If I had to guess, it would be within that seven to 10,000 range. If you're like me and you don't want to track anything in that regard, I would say try to get an average of like one, one hour to 90 minutes a day of intentionally, intentionally created movement. Uh, so that could be like an hour walk, or it could be two 30 minute walks, uh, spread out over your day. Again, it doesn't really matter as long as you are moving your body. I think too many people overcomplicate this. Uh, just think about what seems like a reasonable approach to you. Everybody's situation is going to be different. You know, like maybe your work schedule doesn't allow you to go on the walk, a walk in the middle of the day. Maybe they encourage you to go on a walk, uh, Maybe you don't have access to a place that you can walk and you have to do something, you know, in, in the lunchroom or whatever the case may be. That's where a little bit of personal responsibility comes in. You know yourself better than I do and you know yourself better than probably anybody in your life. And so you'll have to give some thought to what that form of daily movement looks like. I would just reiterate that walking is probably the best place to start if you can. And if you can't, just do some semblance of, of regular activity or, or I always like to set something specific. Like I mentioned earlier, 20 air squats and 10 pushups every three hours throughout the day. That's like oddly specific and probably on the far end from walking, but something like that would work too. You could get a stationary bike. You could start riding your bike to work. doesn't matter as long as you are moving your body. Um, it's no secret that Moving your body is uh, important for health metrics in general, physical health metrics. But outside of that, what you will find with step number one is that it gives you the mental health benefit that a lot of people seek when they exercise. More than one in five American adults live with mental illness, like certifiable mental illness where it's a problem. And there are even more people that struggle with negative thoughts and feelings every single day throughout the day, right? Um, low energy, you know, this is all related to movement, diet, et cetera. But 
I don't think it's a secret that mental health is a is an issue that we face as a society, and we should work to uh, in, improve it. And I think it's crazy that it's fringe of me to say that moving your body is like a free band-aid for mental health problems. Like when you exercise, you are not fixing your problem, but you are using a very accessible tool to help. And I don't understand in any world how that is a bad thing at all. Obviously, if you're dealing with something severe, you should seek help from people uh, and you should look for more professional resources. But I would argue to say that most people who are stressed and anxious and et cetera, who have other things going on in their life that are good, they have a good job or a family or relationships or whatever, they just might not feel the best about themselves. Usually these people struggle with all of the three things that I mentioned, which is daily movement, nutrition, and an exercise program. And you will be very surprised at if you are able to be consistent with it for a couple of weeks, months, years, how profound of an impact it has on all of those things. Especially if you've never tried to, to implement some sort of fitness program or, or regimen or you know, very simple thing that makes you move, makes you eat better. Um, I would say that is, that is where you should start. Generally, when I give that feedback of like, do this for your mental health to fix your problems, I always get met with the rebuttal of like, yes, but how many fit people out there just replace one addiction with another? You replace one bad addiction to all of these negative habits with another addiction, which is that of exercise. Of course, the place that you're coming from is a very important and you should not be exercising in fear of a, a poor body composition. You should be exercising to build your health and wellness and, and, and fitness, right? Obviously, make it a positive thing. However, very few people actually have exercise addiction. And I would argue to say that if you are in need of working on your health and fitness, that you have no reason to be worried about getting addicted to exercise <laughs> because this is something that you you are facing and, and need to overcome. And again, like I mentioned before, there's so many people that hate to exercise and you will probably, you might learn to love it as you work at it and get better at it, but it's okay if you don't ever love to exercise. It's just important that you know you need to do it to live a happier, healthier, longer, higher quality life. So and to sum that up, it's silly not to use such an effective tool, which is 30 minutes to 60 minutes to 90 minutes of just general daily movement that you don't even have to think about into your life. Um, and again, all of those positive impacts that I talked about before are free and available to you. The next pillar is nutrition. Um, I'm going to break this down into a couple of different things, uh, and I'll touch on some of the the problems with why nutrition guidance is so challenging in general to give. And so I'm speaking very broadly here over the next couple of minutes on nutrition, um, but that is, I think, necessary to be successful is it does require a little bit of legwork from each individual person to learn enough about nutrition so that no matter your situation, you can re receive the results that you are looking for. 
I should also mention that, like I said, daily movement is the first priority. It might take you months to get daily movement to a place in your life where it's just routine, to where you look forward to it, to where you're getting all of those mental health benefits, maybe starting to see some of the physical health benefits, right? That is fine. It is very important if you are struggling with your fitness to do it in a very slow and methodical way. You will not be successful if you take on all three of these things at the same time. Try to improve and work on your daily movement for weeks and months, perhaps, until you feel like it's in a great place and you love doing it and it's it's good for you and you know it and it's you're not going to miss it. It's like brushing your teeth. Then step number two, I would say, would be to look at your nutrition. Once you have the daily movement down, now it's time to focus on food. <clears throat> nutrition is the epitome of something very simple but made complex by media and by an innumerable amount of conflicting resources. I mean, you can find literally anything on the internet in regards to what you should be doing for your nutrition. I've talked to so many people about tons of fad diets, no fat, no carb, carnivore, literally you name it. All of those things that you recognize by name are just, are just methods. They're just uh, nutrition methods. What I hope to do with this whole episode, but specifically with nutrition, is give you the principles because what is important in, for anything, this isn't just building your fitness, this is life. You need to understand the principles, the underlying things. There's like three to five things that you need to know in order to do anything well. All of the stuff that you hear, like the carnivore, the keto, the no, no fat, whatever, those are all just various methods, right? And usually you can find the same principles scattered across the various methods, no matter where you look. So I'll give you an example. Um, before I mention that though, I think it's important to say that no matter what method you're doing, you are either, that works, you are either going to focus on the quantity of your food or the quality of your food. Those, that's the principle, right? You need to improve the quality and you need to improve, uh, or understand better quantity of food, okay? So for example, Whole30, which is like, I don't even know all the details on it, uh, but Whole30 is like you eat whole foods for 30 days or something like that, right? Animal-based diet, vegetarian, those are all quality-based foods. They say, don't even worry about the amount you're eating, just eat this stuff and you will lose weight or improve your health, whatever. A quality-based diet, the most obvious one is probably intermittent, or sorry, a quantity based diet. The most obvious is probably intermittent fasting. <clears throat> if you skip breakfast or you have a, I don't even know, eight, eight hour eating window, eight sixteen, whatever, whatever the, the people say, uh, you're just limiting the amount of food that you can eat in a day. Or that's the idea, right? Sometimes people end up cramming food in their face for the four hour window and they, <clears throat> it doesn't work. But anyways, the idea is you lower the quantity of food that you are going to eat. Okay. So Again, all of the diets that you follow are methods. What we're looking at right now is principles. We're going to start with quantity because I think that is the best place to start if you have no idea about nutrition. Okay, It's very important to know that if you want to lose body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. A calorie deficit is you are burning more calories in a day or week or month or whatever time period than you are consuming. 
Um, again, this would be a quantity-based method. I'm eating fewer calories. I burn fat, okay? You literally cannot fail to lose body fat if you are in a calorie deficit long enough. If you're in a calorie deficit, you will lose body fat. Generally, the people who say that's not true either don't realize they're not in a calorie deficit or they aren't patient enough. And another reason I talked about this with Susan Ebergall again is because people use too much. They put too much weight on the scale. That was a funny pun. Uh, they, they, you, you think about the use of the scale too much. The scale is not just a means of measuring body fat. It measures your organs, your tissue, your bones, every the stuff in your stomach, right? And so if you're using a scale every single day and you're seeing all of the completely normal weight fluctuations, you're not gaining body fat every time you step on the scale. It's always other things. And so if you are in a calorie deficit, again, you will lose body fat and you're probably not being patient enough. If you lost one pound per week on average, that would be fast. I would be extremely happy to help somebody lose one pound of body fat per month. It might even be slower, and that is totally fine too. Okay, calorie deficit. How do you know how many calories you're burning per day? No calorie tracker is really that great. When you do a workout and you have an Apple Watch and it tells you you burn like 400 or 500 calories in your workout, it's likely overestimating that. The best way to tell how many calories you're burning in a day is to track how, many, how much you eat and see how your body responds. So if I'm in a calorie deficit, I will lose body fat. If I'm in a calorie surplus, I will gain body fat. So if you are eating a certain amount of food and you're tracking it and it's consistent and you notice over two months you've gained 10 pounds, right? It's likely that you were not in a calorie deficit. That's an extreme example, but um, it's easy to understand, right? It's important to take metrics to keep track of some of the things uh, that you're going through so that you can make adjustments as you need to on the fly. Calories in general, this is a very bro science, dumb guy way to put it. But calories uh, used in a day equals your metabolism plus your movement. So just think of metabolism like all of the energy required to keep you alive, do all the systems that are required in your body. Uh, and the movement is like the daily movement. If you work out, it's your workouts, et cetera. Okay. So uh, again, to lose body fat, we need to be in a calorie deficit. This is the place to start. Okay. Generally speaking, if you have a lot of weight to lose, it's likely that your relationship with food is damaged like a lot of people, right? That's totally okay. And so because of that, I think this is the best place to start because you will see that you can technically make progress by eating shitty food. You can lose body fat, right? You just have to be in a calorie deficit. What you'll learn over time as you do this is because you don't want to feel like shit all the time, you'll eventually start eating better quality food for the most part, okay? And so that's when the food quality comes in. One of the other reasons why food quality as a suggestion is such a good diet strategy when you eat whole foods is because generally speaking, your whole foods that you eat will improve your metabolism and they are also usually lower in calories and higher in more nutrients, right? So they have the vitamins and minerals that we need that make the systems in our body work better. They're generally higher in protein, 
that that is very helpful for you if you're starting some sort of workout program it makes you feel better and sleep better right and so both of these things are going to help each other tremendously which is why from my perspective it's very important that if you're trying to build a robust health system or protocol in your life that eventually you work to uh, make sure you're eating a good quantity of food, but also you have high quality foods in your diet as well. Okay. Uh, the 80, 20 rule is a good example of this. This is like an overstated thing where it's like 80% of the time you should be consistent with the foods that you're eating. And 20% of the time, excuse me, you can go off the rails or, or, you know, be a little bit lenient with your diet. Nobody's going to be perfect. And it's just good to know that if you are 75 80% 80% there most of the time, you will be making successful successful progress towards whatever goal that you may have. Again, if you're just starting out, quantity control is the best place to start. And then over time, uh, as you learn what calories are, what macronutrients are, what all of these things mean from a food perspective, then we can start to look at food quality. Okay, so that's the principle. It doesn't matter if you do keto or carnivore or vegetarian or vegan. I have my own things on each one of those. I don't necessarily think that any of those are optimal for human health, but do whatever makes you feel good physically and mentally, as long as you were abiding by these principles. If you're starting to look at calories and you have no idea what you're doing, this is where you should start. Your calories should equal the goal body weight that you have in mind times 12. Okay. That is a great starting place. Again, if you are doing this properly and you're on track, you should be uh, managing that over time. If you feel like you aren't making progress, then lower those numbers a little bit. If you feel like your progress is too fast, raise those numbers a little bit. Okay. Just to make this super easy, say somebody is a hundred pounds. That is a horrible thing. Most people should not be 100 pounds, but that means they would eat 1,200 calories in a day. Okay, again, this is very low, but just to make, let's do this, 200 pounds, okay? That means 2,400 calories in a day, okay? What I would do with that person is I would give a range. I would say shoot for 2,300 to 2,500 calories in a day. That way, you're less likely to feel like you're a failure because hitting a very specific calorie number is super hard, right? But falling within a 200 calorie range is pretty doable for most people. And so give yourself that range. That way, if you're consistent with it, um, you're still going to be achieving the goals that you want to, okay? From a starting point, again, that's quantity focused. And when you start looking at quality, what I would have people do is just start by looking at protein. Protein is a conversation that we could go on forever, but it's, you can't understate the benefits of protein, especially if you're working out as far as rebuilding muscle, it helps improve your sleep. It helps improve your mood. It improves everything. In my experience and understanding people who don't have any healthy habits, they drastically under eat protein. And I think a lot of athletes over can overeat protein. The math for this is 0.7 to one gram of protein per pound of body fat. Okay. So again, I'm 200 pounds. And so the way that works out is 140 grams to 200 grams of protein per day. I usually am somewhere around like 150 to 175. 
Um, I go through phases. If I'm training super hard, I'll try to make sure I get some more. If I'm training like a reasonable person, I will just make sure I get about 140. And just know that if you're within that range, which is very broad, and I think super accessible to most people, you are going to be doing well. Um, if the tracking is a problem, it's pretty easy to just say have protein at every meal in some capacity, and it's likely you will be close or hit those numbers. Once you get a handle on the quantity, and you start looking at quality with protein. I think another simple model just in general is this whole foods idea, right? The more foods that you can eat with fewer ingredients, the better. These foods are generally lower in calories. They're easier to get higher quality proteins. They're easier to get lots of the macronutrients that you need to feel good. Um, and so again, quantity first, after you get a grasp on that, then quality. This is the same as daily movement. This whole process will probably take months and that is okay. It's not like you won't be making progress along the way. You will, but it will take you a while to feel like you've got a grasp of it. So if it takes you two, three months to feel like you finally get your uh, quantity in check, and then it takes you two to three months more to get the quality in check, right? That's still like six months. And if you add the walking on it, it's been nine months and you've made a tremendous and profound impact on your health already. Um, and you haven't even started working out at the gym yet. Okay. Just understand all of this stuff takes work. It's trial. It's error. Something I was thinking about the other day is uh, like mothers using this comparison. Um, like being a going through a pregnancy is probably one of the hardest things that you could do ever. I think I have no idea. I'm a man. Okay. But like from an outside perspective, carrying a child to uh, nine months and then going through that process of labor is horrible. And I always just say, I work with a lot of like females in general. And so like this stuff that I'm talking about is a walk in the park compared to that or like losing a loved one. That's horrible. This stuff is easy compared to that. And it, I think it's just important to state that, that there is this toil and you have to work with it and you have to figure it out. But human beings are resilient. And I think it's good to say that, believe in yourself you can do this. It might be hard, but over time you get a better grasp of it and it eventually becomes a lifestyle, second nature, habit-based thing that you have total control over. Like that, that is available to you. You just need to keep going. Okay. <clears throat> Strength training. This is the third and final piece. This is the one I think that is likely the hardest for people to implement. Okay. This is also of the three that I spoke about the one that moves the needle the least. Now, don't mistake that strength training is one of the most profound things that you can do for your health. And when I say strength training, I'm also talking about strength and conditioning. So any sort of like cardio-based effort that's higher intensity than just walking, that's what I'm including in here as well. But this is one of the most profound things that you can do for your health. I just think that for most people who are overweight or struggle with this, the walking, the daily movement, and the nutrition will move the needle forward more than the strength training. Okay. And I'll just say this right off the bat. If you can afford a coach or a program or something that makes this, you don't have to think about it. I would recommend doing that. It makes learning proper technique. It makes learning progressions. It makes learning how to do this whole thing so much easier. 
Strength training is probably the most nuanced of what I've talked about today, and it can require a little bit more effort in regards to knowing how to do it, learning what training hard feels and looks like, et cetera. Okay, so just to say that off the bat, I think if you can afford a coach, you should definitely reach out to somebody and do something like that. However, I understand most people can't afford a coach or maybe don't see the value of spending a couple hundred bucks uh, for a couple months on a coach. I totally get that. And I think it's important to say that you can improve your strength with nothing. You don't even need, it's not that you don't need a coach, you don't even need equipment, right? And I just want to mention that because, again, I do believe what I'm talking about today requires a lot of personal responsibility and it requires you to put in work. And doing so by yourself with nothing is totally possible. Again, what I'm going to be talking about today is fundamentals and principles. And whatever method you choose, it doesn't matter. Those all work. But what I'm going to go over right now are principles. So, for example, powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit, Orange Theory, any uh, boot camp that's local to your area, those are all methods. They all will work. But here are some of the principles. The three most important things you should look for, whether it's your training program or you're joining a gym, is that they should be safe, they should be efficient, and it should be efficacious. And so what that means is you shouldn't get hurt, you should get the results in a reasonable amount of time, and you should actually accomplish the thing that you came there to accomplish. So if I walked into a gym and I wanted to run a sub four mile, and I came out 20 pounds heavier, and I could squat 500 pounds, that would be awesome. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get what I came for. Okay. And so it's important that you are getting the results you're asking for. And again, you're doing it in a reasonable time, and you stay safe doing it. The first principle in this regard is technique. Technique to movement in general is crucial. Uh, it's the foundation of being safe, being effective and being efficacious. And what I mean by that is, if your technique is good, you're less likely to get injured. If your technique is good, you will get the results faster because you're doing better quality movement. And if your technique is good, it will help you get the thing that you came there for, right? And there's a bit of a nuance to that. Um, but to use an example, if you came for wanting to improve raw strength versus your speed and explosiveness, the exercise execution would be done differently. Like you could still back squat, but the, the person going for raw strength would probably want to be pushing heavier weights more while the person that's there for agility work would want to be going a little bit lighter and moving more quickly. Um, again, that's like higher level. Don't even worry about that. But my point stands that the way we do some of these things, which is technique, is important for the outcomes that you're going to get. The other thing that I should mention is the idea of progression. And a simpler way to put it is that one single workout that you complete does not matter at all. An effective exercise program will not be seen by looking at one individual workout. It is seen by looking at the span and averages of workouts over a period of time. So one bad day in the gym is not going to make or break your progress. And what this means is you should be progressing. So an example, if on day one, you can only manage to do three sets of five air squats with just your body weight, sitting up and down to a chair, and then three months later, you're able to do five sets of five back squats with 65 pounds on your on a barbell, 
you've obviously progressed. You had, you've done more, you, you did more weight, you did more volume because you added those two extra sets and you are essentially accomplishing your goal. I think when a lot of people start in the gym, they put a lot of emphasis on getting weight on the bar or whatever the case may be. And it's just important to understand that the, that the things that you're doing in the gym literally matter 0%, like the, in terms of weight, right? If, if you're back squatting, why do you care if it's the empty barbell or why do you care if it's 300 pounds? You are where you are. You're able to lift the weight that you're able to lift. You have the strength that you have. What matters is that the next week when you come in, it's a little bit more or you do a few more reps or whatever the case may be, you need to accomplish more in the gym as you go over time and understand that that process is very slow. It's very marginal. And that is one of the best ways to keep you safe, right? <clears throat> it would be silly on a week by week basics to try to add more than 10% of whatever you did. So for example, right, if you squatted 110 pounds, three sets of eight, would make any sense for you to do uh, three sets of eight at 125 pounds. You probably even could, but it's better to pull back a little bit and systematically attack this thing over time to try to improve. Okay. That said, again, look at the averages. If you just show up to the gym one day and you're supposed to back squat a certain amount and you feel like shit and it's just not happening, then that's okay. It doesn't mean that you are losing your fitness the next week when you come in, you might be totally back to normal. And over time, you should slowly start to see yourself improve. If you have a gym, that's great. You should go to the gym. Use the stuff that you have at your disposal, right? Use the tools there. If, if you have a kettlebell gym, use kettlebells. If you go to a Planet Fitness and there's just machines, use the machines. Again, these are all just tools and methods, and they don't matter as long as you stick to similar ones and you slowly progress them over time. If you don't have any equipment, that's fine too. I'll use Susan's example in the conversation that I had with her a couple of weeks ago because I think it's a great one. You can literally do push-ups off of your counter and you can do squats to your kitchen chair. Okay, it, The same rule applies. The, the height is fixed on your counter. If you start with five push-ups at a time one week and you're able to work up to doing 10, that is no small thing. Uh, and same with the squats, right? Lower the where your butt hits or just try to accumulate more reps, right? The thing is you set this, this structure of I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then over time, you try to do the same things, but more, whether it's heavier weight or more reps, you want to progress it. As far as that, those are the principles of strength training. Be safe, be efficient, get the thing that you went for, focus on your technique and make sure that it, it progresses over time. The only other thing that I would mention is that generally speaking, two to four days a week is a great place to shoot for. It doesn't really matter as long as you're going to the gym or getting a, some type of workout in two to four days a week as an average is great. Okay. Uh, when in doubt, start slower than you think. If you've never done strength training before, start with one day a week, do that for months, add a second day after a couple of weeks and see how that goes. Right. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no wrong way to get strong. There's never too slow to get strong, right? There's only too fast. And I think that generally speaking, people will burn out because they try to take on too much too quickly. Okay. If you're going to make this lifestyle change, it's something that needs to happen slow. 
And if you've listened to the steps so far, by this point, you should be very comfortable with taking your time and developing some of these things. You just spent six to nine months working on your daily movement and your nutrition. And now it's time to start strength training. Uh, and it should be no different. It's, it's just the same. It's slow. As far as a couple final closing points, there's two honorable mentions that I wanted to include in this episode. And the first one is sleep. Nobody is saying that sleep isn't important. Sleep important is sleep quality is probably one of the most important things that you can do for your health, right? There's so many studies that show that seven to nine hours for most adults is great. If you can get it, we've talked to uh, people on the show about sleep quality, but don't let the effects of not optimal sleep prevent you from doing some of these things. If you're sleeping two hours, three hours a night, it's likely that you have other problems than <laughs> just daily movement, fitness, and strength training, right? Get that addressed. But if like most people, you are getting suboptimal sleep, but you're getting by, that is fine. It doesn't have to limit you from starting to develop some of these healthy habits because at some level, I'm not saying it's going to help offset poor sleep, <clears throat> but adding exercise, eating higher quality food becomes even more important at making you feel good if your sleep struggles for one reason or another. Perhaps it's your job or you have kids, whatever the case may be, uh, sleep is never going to be perfect. And so you can do all this stuff despite that. I almost, I think about it like this, like new parents, especially I, I work with a lot of new parents. If you have kids, I obviously can't talk about any experience because I don't have children, but people have been having kids since human beings have been around however many million years ago. And so I think that it's good to know that you are not alone in the struggle of raising children. And, and, and that's a very challenging thing. And so all of this other stuff is, is again, easy in comparison to that. And so just framing it in that regard is you are strong and resilient. And if you're getting a little bit less sleep, you're going to be fine. The other one, and this goes with it is stress management. Managing your stress is important for maintaining a healthy body composition, maintaining your mental well-being, obviously. And so it's just good to mention that anything you can do to manage your stress is going to be helpful. But what I'm proposing with this, and this isn't the only way, but the daily movement and eating good food and sleeping or in a strength training, these are ways that we can manage our stress. And everybody's life is extremely busy. Everybody struggles with being stressed out for one way or another. Stress is supposed to happen. We're human beings. We're supposed to be stressed out. And using these tools as a way to help manage it, among other things, uh, is a very effective way to feel better. Um, if your stress is inhibiting you from making progress, obviously, again, address those things separately. But make sure that these things are in check first before, um, before you go start going elsewhere. Um, in conclusion... I hope this helps. Uh, I've never sat down and done like a comprehensive step-by-step -step thing on how to build your fitness from square one. That's how I would do it. I mean, you're looking at literally like less than a year of, of work and anybody listening that needs like a total life overhaul and it's daunting and you're staring down the barrel of this thing, right? That's a way to do it. Take your time, 
slowly, methodically add on these little tiny habits over time. And eventually you will get there. It's very hard to say, do this, do this, do this, because everybody's life is different and everybody has different circumstances and different things work for everybody. You have to do trial and error and figure out what each one of these things means to you. What is your daily movement? What does your nutrition look like? What does your strength training look like? And after you, you figure those things out, things over time will start to fall into place. As stated, all of the stuff that we've mentioned is our, our, our principles. Uh, any method will work. Um, and I hope, again, that this highlighted some of those principles because at the end of the day, those are the things that matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what method you use as long as it works. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Good People. As this was a new structure of episode, please consider leaving us some feedback either on YouTube in the comments or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can actually leave uh, questions or feedback in the polls. That would be super helpful and we would love to hear from you. While you're at it, if you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please consider giving the show a rating. It really does help us out a ton and we appreciate it and you. If while you were listening, you guys enjoyed, please share the episode with someone you love, perhaps your grandma. We'll see you next time.